Welcome to another episode of Tell Them I Am. I'm Misha Youssef. So I've been fasting for Ramadan for almost 21 years, minus a couple of Ramadans here and there, maybe more than a couple. The first time I fasted, I was seven years old, and I was so excited. I had begged my parents to let me fast. And they were like, are you okay? You want to willingly starve yourself all day? You're still pretty young. You don't have to. Or you can do like a half fast. And I was like, no, 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 no. Guys, I'm officially allowed to fast. Let me do it. Let me. Here's the funny thing. I just wanted to be like all the adults and the cool older kids who got to do it. I wasn't thinking about the part where I wasn't allowed to eat all day. And my parents, like they always are, were right. Fasting was not what I had made it in my head. Mostly because I have the worst hanger of anyone I have ever met. I was like, this is what all the cool older kids are allowed to do? This is so hard. I made it through the first day, but I definitely didn't make it through the whole month. Maybe it was particularly hard for me because I'm like a mental sprinter. I'm really good at doing hard things in short bursts. But when it comes to long-lasting discipline, that is nearly impossible for me. And that's what fasting's all about. If you can give up food and water from sunrise to sunset for 30 days, you can do pretty much anything. Every day in Ramadan, you strengthen your willpower muscles so that when the time comes, maybe even when Ramadan is over, and you just want to do something convenient or unkind or unjust, you're stronger than your craving. Uh, well, I'm Enes Kanter. I play basketball in NBA for the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, it's my 10th year in the league. I'm coming from a very educated family. My dad was a genetic professor. My mom was a nurse. So all they cared about was just me going to school and just becoming maybe like a doctor or a professor like my dad one day, you know? To me, I was like, okay, education is so important. But at the same time, I want to play like some kind of sport. You know, I wanted to be a soccer player, but I was taller than all the other kids. And I remember going to like a second or third grade. I looked like I was going to like the fifth, sixth grade, you know? And just because of my dad is a genetic professor, people were just keep making fun of me and saying, you know, your dad's play with your uh, genes. And that's why you're so taller and bigger than all the other kids and a little slower than all the other kids. And so they're like, you know, you're not really that good at soccer, but you can just, you know, play some other sports. And I actually, I uh, switched sports when I was, you know, 10, 11 years old. And I started playing uh, basketball for the first time with a soccer ball. Just because I was taller than everyone else, I was like really good at it. And I, and I fell in love with the game. My PE teacher was always like, you know, you have a talent. You should come and join to school team. And I told my dad, I was like, Dad, you know, I understand, you know, the school works are so important, but at the same time, I want to, you know, play, play something. And he said no. And I was just so very, very heartbroken. Uh, I remember one, one weekend, 
I was like, I had a plan. I told my dad is like, listen, if I beat you in one-on-one, you gotta let me play basketball. And he was just saying like, yeah, sure. Okay, okay, whatever. Every weekend, my dad took me and my brother to go play either soccer or table tennis or basketball. My dad was always beating me in everything. You know, whatever sport we play, he was always beating me. It was like, I'm now I'm thinking like, at least like feel bad and you give your son some, some kind of confidence, right? Like lose it on purpose or I don't know, something. But like, no, he wanted me to just like, you know, learn in a hard way, I guess. Because he wanted me to focus on schoolworks that much. I had a plan. I'm like, okay, from a month from now on, I'm not going to tell my dad that I work every day, that I'm just going to practice every day, work out every day. I check that date. I'm like, okay, I'm going to beat him in that date. So Ennis marks his calendar. In 30 days, he's going to challenge his dad to a game of one-on-one. But in order to win, he's got to get ripped. So I learned how to do push-ups. I learned how to do sit-ups. And, you know, I was just like jumping ropes and everything. He's got to eat right. Yeah, I was just like drinking lots of milk, you know, eating very healthy, eating a lot of vegetables, which I hated it. Got to give up even his favorite snack. I cut down Nutella. It was very tough for me. And it was like my my siblings were shocked. They're like, wow, you don't eat Nutella anymore. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm just like trying to like watch my weight. And they were like, what? You know, what's wrong with you, you know? (laughs) For 30 days, Ennis thought of very little else. He even thought about winning while he was sleeping. And I was just dreaming about beating my dad one-on-one. You know, before I go to sleep, after I wake up, I'm like, okay, just focus on the work. That month was like the first time I had a goal that I was like, okay, you know, this is a very good, crazy feeling. Before that, I was like, you know, I was just a good little kid. I didn't care about anything but just watching cartoon and, I guess, eating junk food. After a whole month of training, the day finally arrives. Ennis approaches his dad. And I'm like, okay, dad, today's the day I'm going to beat you one-on-one. But if I do, you got to let me play basketball, right? I even remember what I wore. I was like... I wore a shoes. I had a hole in my shoes. I still remember. <laughs> Tensions are high as father and son stride out onto the basketball court. It's about one o'clock. Hot as hell. And by the way, they're not playing in some fancy gym. These are public courts. This is asphalt. If you fall, you, you gotta bleed. And as the game is about to begin, Ennis gives his dad a little lip just to show him he means business. We always like uh, shoot first who gets the ball. And I told my dad, I don't want it, you can't start. And he was like, whoa, okay. (laughs) He was like, you little cocky today. I'm like. He's like, yeah, that's right. I'm living rent free in your head. But when Ennis's dad takes the ball, he quickly scores and Ennis wonders, am I in over my head? Was this a mistake? Did I just give up Nutella for nothing? So he scored a ball, and it was my turn. I laid it up, so it was 1-1. So it was game to 11. And then he laid it up, I shoot the ball, so it's 2-2. But then his dad starts missing shots. 
I was playing good defense, he was missing shots. And then I could kind of tell that he was getting frustrated, you know? So, and then like I was scoring the ball, bang shot. Just because of that month, I was watching basketball. I was watching like how they shoot, how they lay the ball up and everything. I think it was like seven to three. I remember, cause I, I remember telling him, it's like, hey, what's up old man? And he got so mad. <laughs> he got like really mad. I'm like, oh my God, I should have said that. And then he like, he started like to score the ball. Cause obviously he was bigger. So he was kind of like playing post-ups and like, you know, just scoring the, scoring the ball almost every time. So it was like seven, seven, uh, eight, eight. And he came back and it was like nine, nine. And I scored the ball 10, nine and he missed it. So if I were to score, then I was going to win. And he blocked my shot and he scored the ball, so it's 10-10. And I, I was like, is the game going to 12 or 11? He's like, okay, game is 11. Whoever scores the ball is, is the winner. I got I got the ball. I remember just like, I was so nervous. I remember like my knees were shaky because like, I'm like everything going through my mind. I'm like, okay, if I score this, I'm gonna play in a school team. So Ennis charges in on the right, fades back and takes a shot and I shot the ball, and he was just watching, I was watching. The ball hangs in the air for what seems like an eternity. And then... The ball went in. And as soon as the ball went in, I didn't, I, I didn't even see his reaction. I just started running around a school. You know, I was like, I beat my dad, I beat my dad. And then I came back and uh, he shaked my hand. It's like, okay, you know, good job. Uh, I'm gonna let you play in a school team next year. And I was like, I didn't care what he was saying. I just wanted to go back home and tell my mom that I beat my dad. And, uh, and he, she was so happy for me. She, she was so excited. And um, my first meal was Nutella, obviously. I ate like, I remember like a half a jar of Nutella. I was like, I didn't, no bread, no anything, but just no toast. I was just eating with a spoon. One thing my dad taught me that, you know, whatever happens in life, you can never, ever give up on your dreams. You know, you got to work hard for it. You know, you're going to give yourself 100%. And, you know, whatever you're doing, you have to have fun. You have to smile. If you're not smiling, if you're not having fun, you're not doing the right job. We were always close, but that game has definitely just made us uh, closer. Like he saw that like his son just, if he put his mind to it, that he can do it. Uh, he started to, you know, just give me more respect. I mean, he let me play basketball. And that was my, that game probably made me who I am today. You know, if, if I have a kid one day, I will push him to have the discipline that I had. I would never want him to, to take the easy way. If you want something in life, you, you gotta work hard for it. You know, you have to put your focus, put your mind to it, and just go out there and see if you can do it. With the first pick in the 2011 NBA draft. Well, in NBA, there is just like draft tables, you know? And then when you are drafted, then they call your name and you get up and you hug the people around that uh, table. When they drafted me, 
you know, it was 2011. Uh, David, it was back in the day, it was David Stern. He, uh, he came out and he said with the 2011 NBA draft. The third pick in the 2011 NBA draft, the Utah Jazz select Ennis Cantor from Istanbul, Turkey and the University of Kentucky. And me, just I just got up and hugged my dad. You know, I was, he was like the first person that I hugged. So like he was very proud and he was very uh, excited and and I'm sure like if I asked him like he will be he will say like I'm glad that you beat me on one on one. Tell Them I Am is presented by Higher Ground Audio and Spotify and produced by Dustlight Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Misha Youssef. The executive producers at Higher Ground Audio are Dan Fearman, Mukta Mohan, and Anna Holmes. Janae Maribel is editorial assistant. From Dustlight Productions, Mary Knopf is our executive producer. Ariana Gharib Lee and Jonathan Shiflett are our producers. Arwen Nix is our editor. Valeria Alarcone is our apprentice. This episode was written by me, Arwen Nix, and Jonathan Shiflett. It was sound designed by Jonathan Shiflett. Valentina Rivera is our engineer. David Leinard is our composer and made our gorgeous original music. Emin Ahmed is our illustrator and the creator of our episodic art. Elizabeth Goodspeed made our amazing series tile art. Special thanks to Rachel Garcia, our development and operations coordinator. From Spotify, executive producers are Daniel Eck, Don Ostroff, and Courtney Holt. This podcast was originally a production of LAS Studios. <laughs>